right. Welcome to the Songwriter's Couch, brought to you by the Patrick Joen Band. We're on episode number three. Uh, we've, got, we've got sponsors coming in the door, and we're very excited about them, and we're going to announce it soon, and we're going to have little commercials that are, that are coming about, and we'll, be, we'll have some new stuff to drink in here. And on today's show, um, we've got Shelby. Hi. Shelby, how's it going, man? Pretty and, good. And you've brought a special little instrument here. Maybe you could just tickle it just a little bit, just mm-hmm. so people can hear. Just a. <laughs> and why don't you? What, what's the name of that there instrument? This is called a harpeggi. Um, it's uh, an instrument that uh, a company called Marcotti started building out of Maryland. Marcotti is a guy. Uh, the name of the guy who designed it out of Italy. And then uh, this, this, these people, this little family down in Maryland, started making them in 2007. Hmm. And uh, how'd I, you pick it up? Well, I saw I saw a video online of I can't remember which one it was first. It might have been Stevie Wonder. Might have been Jacob Collier. Hmm. You you know Jacob Collier? Yeah. I'm sure you know everyone knows Stevie Wonder, but yeah, maybe Collier is still. I've heard of him. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you this is like his album. This is his song or anything okay. like that. But I definitely have heard his name before. He's he's hot out is there. He? Oh yeah, he's super hot. Uh, right. And in a real a real creative musical dynamo, in huh. my opinion, oh, and awesome. a lot of people's opinions. I think. All right. So why don't we why don't we but, start um, out by this? Because I know you described the instrument, but let's describe you first, uh, Shelby. So what what is it you do musically? Um, what is it you kind of want to be doing, I guess, in the future? Um, and then do you have anything you want to kind of promote right out of the gate here that, uh, you know, website, uh, uh your Facebook, something like oh, that? Oh, um, sorry. I'm still a little caught up on the Harpeggi thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> caught me off guard there. Um, I don't really have anything I like to promote. Okay. Um, but I do have an Instagram called Michael Shelby Music. There you go. Uh, where I occasionally post some things that I that I've created. Um, I have a band camp called Michael Shelby, and uh, like I post, I have a demo up there with some of the tunes. The tune I plan on playing later, uh, I have posted up on there, for example. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I my musical journey and my whole songwriting thing has been really, really. I don't know what other people's stories are like, but mine's been like a whirlwind of ups and downs. <laughs> uh, like I tried to quit a couple times. You've tried to quit playing music. Quit playing altogether? music, yeah. Oh, wow. uh, to to like to figure out what else is out there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, well, why don't we why don't we get back to kind of the beginning then? I guess. So, what what got you into music? in the first place. Oh, I mean, yeah. is, it, is it like your family was into music or is it just friends or is it just, you know, songs you heard and you were, you know, like, oh, I want to do that. Um, I, I was thinking about how to answer this because I knew you were going to ask me this yeah. and I came up with at least a few different ways to start. I think what, or that is to say, like, I have trouble figuring out which memory is the earliest. Hmm. Um, I don't come from a particularly musical family or anything like that. Um, I came into, I came into being interested about playing music when I was a teenager. Uh, Green Day was really big. I was getting into them and some other, like, you know, like punks, pop, quasi pop punk before there was really a genre pop punk. Um, 
but even before then, I have this really specific memory. Do you remember that song? Um, they're kind of a one-hit wonder by Harvey Danger. It's called Flagpole Sitta. I know it. Yeah. I didn't know um, the name of it. That's the name of it. It's Flagpole Flag- Sitta. I didn't know the name of it either the first time I heard it. I had no <laughs> idea what I was hearing. Yeah. Uh, but I was probably 11 or 12. And I, it was like I, something about that song hit me so hard on the radio that I, it was like it was rolling in my mind when I got, I, I don't remember, I must have been on the bus or got out of the car or something. Yeah. Got home. And I was so uh, infatuated with it, and it was just pulsing in my mind. It was the first time I ever like got out a, a, a piece of paper and a pen, and I started writing the lyrics. I started writing the lyrics that I thought I knew to that song, <laughs> which were all fucked up anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I, I think never... that's a tough song to figure out the lyrics. There's a lot of too, words, too. Yeah, in there's it, a lot. and it's fast. Yeah, yeah the guy's yeah. delivery is is clean, but there's a lot coming at you. Like some of those bare naked ladies so that, songs. So that stuff. was one of the first songs that you're like, oh, I want to kind of try and well, do that. Or I wasn't into playing music at the time. I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I just was taken over by the song. Right. And I found myself trying to like put it, do something with it. I don't. Know, I don't even know what happened. I didn't. I probably didn't make it past the first verse. But so that was all in my early teenage years. I knew that I was getting into music as a listener. And I had expressed some desire to play. Um, my dad, this was, this was at a house like two blocks away from here, by the way. Coming, coming huh. back to this area is a trip because I grew up around here. Like, yeah. This is like life 1.0 for me in this, this neighborhood, oh, essentially. Really? Yeah. So, so you grew up kind of in this, this area. But, and to anyone watching, it's the Greece, New York area. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know how detailed you're willing to get here. Yeah, but, no, I don't uh, want to give out my address just yet. We're until we have a PO box two blocks to the north. Um, <laughs> oh, right on. The the street off of uh, the 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 main street that you're next to. Hmm. Um, that's where I grew up, uh, and that's that's where I requested a, a guitar for my 13th birthday. All right. Also, the day I remember this quite clear that I got my first pimple. <laughs> looking, at, looking at the mirror. In the my, day that you requested the guitar, you also got the first the, the day we went to go get it. Literally my 13th birthday. <laughs> get into the car. We're going to go to House of Guitars. going to go find something sweet. Yeah. And I'm looking in the mirror, waiting for my dad to get in the car. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so you definitely became a teenager that day. I, I was officially wanting to play, Yeah, wanting to play guitar, getting a pimple. All those yeah. things are like exactly like the teenage trajectory. Yeah, um, all at once. So were you a, were you a child, were you, like you were a teenager in the 90s? Yeah, well, or? yeah, this would have been, uh, so I was born in 86. So this would have been like in okay. 90, uh, 93, 94, I guess. All right. So you're, no, you're, I will, uh, I'm sorry, like 98, 90, 97, 98. Okay. Have you seen Green Day in no, concert ever? No, Yeah, they're great. I saw them at the end of the Dookie tour oh, at wow. Madison Square Garden. And oh. apparently, I watched some documentary recently, and they weren't supposed to actually play Madison Square Garden at the beginning of that. Like, what kind of happened was they ended up getting more and more famous as the tour went on, uh. and then they ended up having to book, like, Madison Square Garden Holy because, like, shit. there wasn't a b- big enough venue in New York that oh, they were playing. Man. So luckily they did, and we ended up getting tickets or whatever. I ended up getting kicked out for reasons I'll leave. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, and, and getting back in. But, that's for when you're um, the guest. Well, yeah, host, that's huh? right. That's right. You can ask that one. <laughs> Uh, but they were great in concert. I haven't seen them since, but oh man, um, I love right them. When I was getting uh, the shit beat out of me in middle school, and oh, uh, well, what a great Dookie band was to be! Huge, and uh, I have this distinct memory of Green Day was the first band I latched onto as a as a, a fan, hmm. 
and I found a Green Day patch, and I put it on my backpack, and uh, I remember wearing it to middle school, of course, Arcadia. And, I, wonder, uh, I wonder, do kids put patches on their bags now? I, I know they put, know. like, buttons and stuff and stickers. My kids like the stickers. I but that was such a big s- thing, the patches oh, back yeah, then. Oh, yeah, it was normal. And uh, this guy, uh, his name was Kenny, popular guy. By the way, I wasn't very popular in yeah. middle school, in case you couldn't imagine. <laughs> um, comes up to me at the end of school. We're all walking out to the buses. He's like, oh, you got Green Day patch. Cool. You like hmm. Green Day? And I was like, yeah, man. I'm just kind of like and he stoked w- that somebody was talking to me and it was about something I liked. Oh, and he was into Green Day, he's too. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, we, he, he, uh, he's like, what's the what's their bass player's name? That's like the first thing he asked yeah. me. And I go, <laughs> and I, of course, I read the liner notes like everybody else would yeah. in a CD that you get CDs. I'm like, Mike Dirt. And he goes, what's his real last name? And I'm he's like, trying to pull his... Pull his uh, pull yeah, rank his on me, dude. I was like, I don't know. That's funny. He was he a musician, of, too? Or I have no was, idea. That was like the only time I ever spoke to that guy. Huh. It was just this And really, he challenged you on your Green Day he, he, knowledge. Uh, right? Yeah, he gatekept me before before that was really a oh, thing. That's crazy. Uh, and looking back, I, I, I think about that interaction often because... The cycles that I've gone through with music and creativity and stuff, like that, that seed of a memory is like the antithesis of where mm-hmm. I wound up. And I wonder sometimes if that, if I like that negative interaction, that interaction that I walked away from feeling. Oh, so um, you felt negative after it? Yeah, he kind of tried to punk me out by for not right. knowing the, the yeah, bass yeah. player's <laughs> real name. Right. Nor I, did he say that he knew the I, name. He just. Yeah, I'll, I'll say something. Nothing bothers me more than musicians that try and like show each other up to especially like in the in the scene and stuff where they're like oh, i know more technically i did this like sometimes you have a conversation you're like oh i did i played the show it was a lot of fun and i played and like oh well i played and i played this bigger thing that that was so much better like stop doing that guys all right we're all it's music isn't a competition even though there's the grammys and all that stuff where supposedly it's a competition it's not a competition we're all just kind of expressing ourselves and and yeah. most of us are in the same kind of boat that that you're saying you were in 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 middle school and whatever, where, you know, you're trying to figure out what, you know, what life is about, who you are, all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny when, when you say, like, you weren't popular. I don't think, honestly, anyone, w- well, I mean, you could be popular, but no one had any idea what they were doing. Even the popular kids were were trying to figure themselves sure. out at that point. You know what I mean? It's so true. I don't think any of us had it easy. Um, like, as I get older now, I, I kind of, like, have less and less, like, judgment for what, uh, you know, what was going on back then, because everyone's just yeah. grasping at straws, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you found music, which is great. Um, I did, yeah. So unless back it at wasn't time, great for you. Well, I didn't, um, <laughs> yeah, here comes the, the first <laughs> U-turn. Um, so I got that guitar at 13, and my dad bought me the guitar, and my mom bought me some lessons at the Hog. And I went to the first lesson and uh, didn't have a great time. The teacher was kind of a dick, mm. um, but he showed me a couple things and he sent me home with some work to do. So I went home and, and tried to learn like, you know, an E major chord and a C major chord, A, so on and so forth. And I come back the next week and I honestly don't remember what happened, um, but I remember walking out of the lesson in tears and telling my mom, I'm never playing again. Huh. And went home and tell my dad, I'm like, I'm done. And um, I I just sold the guitar and didn't think much of it. It was like, you know, I tried it out and it was a bad time. Yeah. I, I, speaking of not knowing what you were doing, yeah, 
I was very much still a kid and very much didn't have a clue yeah. what the fuck I was doing. Um, huh. Yeah, and you don't remember what what the experience like was it something with the teacher or something he said or something like? I don't I, huh. I I was a very very sensitive kid um and the guy was I remember his whole vibe was very um kind of just like well blase like he didn't care about teaching right. me anything um and I don't remember it, what happened but I remember being very disappointed and sometimes you know at huh. that age that even that would drive me to tears yeah just like being shredded inside yeah yeah um, well I think that's that's part of being a musician though too is being really in tune with that stuff like most musicians I know uh, especially guys guys tend to be like 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 they people uh, don't expect a lot of emotion out of men in general, right? And I'm speaking yeah, generally here. Don't sure. don't cancel me on episode three. But like, um, I think I'm the same way. I'm very I'm very sensitive, like to the emotions of people around me and what what's going on, and and things affect me. And I'll think about them for months and months and months, like these little things that maybe the other person doesn't never thought about mm-hmm. again after that second that it happened. But I'll run it over and over and over again in my head. Um, but but I think that's what makes good musicians too, is because it that rumination or that um, self-examination, so to speak, or examination of what you're feeling emotionally. Yeah. If you can channel that into something like music, um, that's what helps people to then relate to what you're doing. You know, if you're trying to write a song and you're just trying to write a, a, a popular song, um, I don't think it comes out as good, or I don't think the songs are as um, strong as if it's coming from a place that's, you know, an honest emotion that you've examined. I, you're right on the money, and, man. And almost tried to like get it out because it just hurts for it to be inside. So you yeah. write a song so that it, it it's out there and then you can play it and feel the emotion. It's almost like therapy, you know? It I think I said is, that a couple of times. That's but. The, where I've come to lately with music and my relationship with it is is more of a therapeutic expression uh, mm-hmm. than, than, than a a creative pursuit or any kind of attempt to uh, like make to it like do, or do uh, I mean <coughs> a big part of my uh, yeah making it was always something it's always something in the back of my mind yeah. of course yeah uh, I think every, every musician is like oh, I would, I would. It's, but it's so weird too again like as I get older I'm like what is making it kind of mean like does that mean I have to be like yeah, I've redefined, Michael Jackson I've redefined or is it making like, it many times in order to keep my head up basically and yeah. to not get uh down on myself um well what happened so you gave up at least temporarily so yeah that at the teenage era that was i was like in it and then i was out of it and i i uh went on uh went through high school I ended up leaving greece and moved out to pittsburgh yeah. uh when my dad remarried and i ended up going to fredonia uh to study whatever the hell I was going to study, it was nothing related to music. And and this whole time, you're not you're not I was, learning guitar. I, no, in high school, I wasn't playing any music. I was like, I'm sure you were I was listening, listening yeah. to like a uh, bunch of popular shit. Uh, I would li- like like I didn't have a lot of taste in high school. I'll tell you this: my buddy Adam turned me on to some really good music. And we, we connected on grunge pretty much and yeah. Pearl Jam. We would just like. I'm so glad there's a, a there's a Rochester person that listens to Pearl Jam because oh, I think they're yeah. a fucking phenomenal band and everyone's like oh they're boring nowadays. I don't get it. I'm like, have you heard like some like Vitology? It's like a it's the mm-hmm. craziest fucking album. It is album. wild. Yeah, um, they're just they're not 
resting on their laurels yeah. by any means. Yeah, um, and they're still they're still out there. Oh yeah, you know, making albums and stuff. Any oh, that's better, awesome. Man. I, yeah, any I really like himself is just like a fucking blessing to our generation, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, so like I was listening to Green Day, a still, and like you know, this was in the era. Of Were you Nimrod into Nirvana? And into, and... I was into in Nirvana a little bit. Didn't really vibe too much on the really dark stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was popular, so I was like, I was scooping up what was popular and what resonated with me. But at the same time, I was interacting with uh, a different uh, strata of people when I moved to Pittsburgh, and. So we started, I started also getting exposed to a bunch of weird stuff and a bunch of like, well, I call it weird in comparison to my musical taste now, but I was listening to like hip hop mm. um, and like whatever. Uh, Did I remember Breaking into- Benjamin was like big for a while and those were, those guys were pretty cool, I thought. Uh, I, I didn't have like a real specific taste, I was just... Sort yeah, of whatever that, you know, whatever yeah. was cool, whatever well, I f- felt cool. I, also, I didn't think I, about it. I feel like the '90s were kind of like that too, though. I mean, everyone was kind you of into like, down, yeah, it was yeah, cool a little hip hop, everything. Like you could be into Sublime, but then also like Wu Tang and like Salt and Pepper. This was like, the like TRL <laughs> era where, <laughs> yeah. like things things that were popular, what genres weren't as specific. You know, you could still sell music with a genre, but you could like multiple genres. It was we were beginning to be accepting in that kind of. Uh, variegated way um but then i eventually made it to fredonia and this was when everything changed uh within like the first year of being there um i started making friends with a bunch of musicians not just musicians but like serious musicians Hmm. that were going to fredonia to get an arts degree in music and i also started smoking a lot of weed taking (laughs) psychedelics and listening to fish. Huh. All these things started happening right around like 2005. And um, I got into fish really heavily. I listened to fish almost almost exclusively for like no, two really? or three years. I never I never ended up getting into them. I did oh, I do like the ice cream, the Ben and Jerry. Fish food, <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, but potential I, sponsor. Uh, yeah. Oh fish. there we go. If we want Ben and Jerry's, that would be perfect. Um I could go yeah, I, never, I don't know why right there now. were a few of my friends that were really into into fish and oh, the great, if you get Grateful into them, you fucking get into yeah. them. And the, the the jam scene, th- this is where this is that's where I started to really let go of how music for some people was like something, it was like a, a, like apparel. It was a part of their personality or it was like, like the color shirt they were wearing. Like, yeah, I'm into this band. Right. Whereas when I got into fish and I started going to jam band shows, I also got heavily into the disco biscuits. Hmm. Um, I began to realize Never heard that, them before, but oh, dude, I have to check it out. Jamtronica. You ever heard that term? Jamtronica. No, so it's like electronic jam music. Synth, I would yeah, like, imagine. like just jam bands with synths, pretty huh. much is like the simplest way to describe it. I could show you some shit that might knock your socks off. You might not like it. Yeah. I no, I like I like I like music that that um, is like speaking. You know, like I like you know. I, recently, I've gotten into some pop music too, where I'm like, oh, it's interesting what they're doing and and what have you. But for the most part, back in the '90s, like when I was a teenager too, I mean, Nirvana. I, I was I was. Uh, 13, I think, in 93 is when Nevermind came out, right? Maybe it was before that. I don't fucking know. 93. I'm not an encyclopedia. But But, like that whole 90s era of music, I was into literally everything, anything that was was good. Ali Farka, Torre, like um, um, uh, uh, a bunch of like um, weird, eclectic, like 
music from all over the place. Mr. Do you know Mr. Bungle? I feel like you should know Mr. Bungle. I don't think so. So fit the lead singer of Faith No More. Uh-huh. Um, has a bunch of bands like Phantoma and Tomahawk and all these crazy bands. But Mr. Bungle was like this. It's almost like a like like carnival music. So like it's it's hard to explain like crazy heavy metal carnival music. So it, it feels like you're mm. in a in a psychotic carnival. Is the only way I can explain. You'll like yeah, you'll probably like Mr. Bungle if you listen to it. Yeah, him. it's uh, some th- these days I kind of like to be shocked. Yeah, not necessarily with music, but occasionally with music. But more with so more like with a with a taser. Kind of <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> it's right. I might like it. Um, um, so you started getting into all that kind of like eclectic stuff, and that obviously a, fish. Yeah, like, and it changed the way you felt about music in in what way? Like so that you, it, it to put it to put a to put it properly. I started playing music at the same time that I really started to listen to music. Mm. Before I was uh, into Fish and, and into really playing, um, music was always just kind of around. It didn't, didn't really like connect to the music. Mm. Uh, and then it was like right around 2005, 2006, I, I, I got my first guitar again. I got a, a, an electric guitar this was after maybe a few months of like my buddies letting me just mess around with their acoustic and letting me try to remember what I learned 10 years ago, or I guess it would have been more like five years ago at that time. Um, and eventually uh, started like working up some chops. And my, my, my best friend at the time who had gotten me into fish, he started playing bass just at the same time that I started playing guitar. And so we started just jamming. Like, it was just what we did all the time. Yeah. Smoking weed, get go for a walk or something, go home and play music. Play music. And, and we play video games together, too. So we were like <laughs> we were like brothers, and we were just, like, woodshedding all day. And do, you have, do you have siblings also? Uh, no, like, no. real siblings. I do have a bunch of, I have, like, a half-brother and a bunch of step-brothers and sisters and then ha- a couple half-sisters. That's a whole, it's a big story, yeah. dude. But like, so the reason I asked that is because me, my older brother plays guitar, and so very similarly. I mean, mm. from the time I was, I don't even know how old, just eight years old or whatever. That's what we do. Even my dad, you know, my dad's a musician, so um, it was almost like that's how we talk to each other. Oh, interesting. And, it, and I said something recently because my piano player Garrigan um, um, is one of the few people that were not part of my family that I feel that same way when I play music with him. Um, and, and not to say anything about the rest of the band, too, that it's very similar with the rest of the band, but yeah. Gary in particular was the first person out of the band where I felt like like this. he feels like he's a part of my family musically, if that makes sense. So, like, so it's, you grew um, up uh, playing yeah. with your, both your dad so, and your brother, yeah, like, so jamming and like learning me, tunes and stuff? Yeah, like me and my older brother, when we get together, right, we, we hardly even speak to each other. It's mostly <laughs> we both have guitars, uh, we're sitting in the room and we're just playing back and forth for the, like even if he's here for a week, the whole week maybe we say like three <laughs> words to each other, but we're playing back and forth with guitars the whole time. That's so that cool. that feeling of like that's just it's just like um, it's not part of my personality. It's like it's a compulsion almost. Like I have to make music. Yeah. I have to play. It's like speaking or breathing or mm. or um, yeah. So it's interesting to hear you like come. Like into that kind of later That's, uh, on to and or find someone that you're you feel that way when you when you play music with them. Yeah, it's uh, boy, 
I, I, I do have to say that um, to set the to set the record straight, so to speak, my my half brother uh, TC, he's older than me. He was he's seven years older than me. He did uh, he was he played guitar like in his teenage years. So there was like kind of a guitar around me, like in the house. Right? Uh, yeah, he was. He was. Ne- we never lived together for that long at any point in time. He was. His, he was like kind of all over the place. Hmm. And I remember him showing me how to play one that Metallica song, like the intro to yeah. one, when I was really young. Um, I just I, I totally forgot about that. Do you know? Do you know how to play it on that thing? Um, <laughs> it's probably a little harder. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. You know, know, I will tell you something, Shelby. Is, You're making me a little jealous because I think I'm going to have to get one of those now for the house here because <laughs> um, I've got every every other instrument here, but I think I'm going to have to. If you have a house arpeggio, I'll come over anytime oh, you yeah? want, man. Oh, right. yeah? All right. Well, we got it on tape now, so you gotta <laughs> you got to live up to that. <laughs> These things, this thing's super cool. Um, so right, so we'll try and keep it linear, right? So you're, you're, you, you got into music with this individual. Did you start a band with? With him, yeah. So we had we were so into fish that like we ended up trying to start a fish cover band, uh, and we we found a, a drummer and a, and a keyboardist that were our drummer was better than either Mike or I were hmm. uh, at his instrument and our instruments. This guy was a phenom. <laughs> yeah. His name's Dan Nor. Uh, if huh. you know, he's he's still in Rochester. I think he's at the Hog teaching oh, really? lessons. Um, but yeah, so like. I mean, that whole era, I was still, I I, kind of put things in three eras. There's the 1.0 era where I barely tried and quit. There was an extended 2.0 era where I was obsessed with jam bands and improvisation and obsessed with trying to find the right guys to do that kind of band, which was like, Mm -hmm. let's all join a family and play together as much as possible until the musical communication is probably much like what you're talking about with your your father and your brother. Yeah. It's like, you just feel it. There's no, like, this is where we're going. This is the key we're in. It's just, it's just, it's what you feel. And yeah. yeah. Like bringing, yeah. Connecting on a level below the conscious thought era. (laughs) Uh, And then like, so I was hopeful for that to happen with my best friend for a while. uh, And we, we, I think we tried to make it happen, but we always had different takes and then, when we when we ended up parting ways, I kept trying to make that happen with different people mm. and different groups for for a long time, and uh, I was even trying to do it up until like a few years ago. Um, so this was you know most of my twenties and uh, into my early thirties. I was like, well, there's there's kind of a a, a hitch in the story here because um, in around 2013. Um, I kind of came to the realization that I was having some nerve and pain problems in my left hand. So I was, I was playing a lot and I was, I was using kind of improper technique and I was, I ended up, uh, really fucking up my, my ulnar nerve in in this <laughs> area in my wrist where the nerve passes through. And, uh, I, I ended up getting myself into a place where I, I could really only play for like 30 minutes or so until I was having like significant pain and the finger, these two fingers would just go numb <laughs> and I'd be playing with numb fingers. And I was like, this is weird. Uh, but I love playing and <laughs> it helps I'm if you don't have calluses, stop. right? If you don't have calluses on there, then as long as it's numb, 
You're good to go, right? Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, right. I was like, as long as it sounds good, like I didn't, I didn't want to think something was wrong. I was unwilling yeah. to accept that maybe something was wrong because I was having, I was finding, finally finding something that I could like. I felt as though mm. I could give myself to it, and it was safe. And uh, but I was, I was doing some damage, and so I had just started a band called Native Tongue, and. I was like, I can't play guitar anymore. I I had started to learn how to play synth a little bit and keys to do some production right. at that point. But I was like, this is cool. Like, and I was able to play keys without having the pain happen for whatever reason. The my physiology, like just yeah, having like my arm like in a different person. position, yeah, didn't cause a problem. So I pretty much quit guitar at the time. Hmm. I sold my guitar stuff put the money into keyboards and started like very heavily trying to learn how to play keys and do a lot of catch up basically. Um, how did that go? How was the learning process? On oh, that? it did was, you feel like you like started over from, it from was scratch cool or? because it was like, it, 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 and a similar thing happened when I started playing this, but, uh, it was nice because I already knew kind of what I wanted to do. I didn't have to explore so much with like, theory and uh just like figuring out vibes and stuff and i had some rhythm already and like i kind of i was i was already a bit of a musician at the point at that time so it was definitely easier to learn and and i also found that it was way easier to just play a keyboard like like theory and, and uh ideas came out easier on a piano hmm. interface than on a guitar yeah guitar is a very specific thing um and so that happened. I kept playing keys for the next uh, six or seven years, and um, that probably brings us up to a few years ago, where um, I basically had gotten really jaded with trying to make a band happen. I was I was working really hard and you know supporting myself like everybody else, but really working really hard to develop the band and to try to push myself and. It's one of those things where, like, um, it just, it just didn't, it just continually didn't happen. We we kept trying to find people to play. People would come, and people would quit. We try to find gigs, couldn't find gigs, and we're like, "What the hell are we doing this for?" And, you know, I had been yeah. in a band for like two years, and we hadn't played out. Were you primarily? I'm guessing in Rochester, right? Uh huh. Ro Rochester's a little, a little bit tough. Um, I found the scene, and I'm from New York City. I grew up in Queens originally, Jackson okay. Heights, right? Oh, yeah. If I hit a little bit more of that. Yeah, go for it. Um, Thank you. And so... Jackson Heights, okay. So because of because there's so many like music schools here, and there's a lot of really great musicians here, yeah, it's weird. there's a lot of competition. So it almost feels like uh, people want to um, not, not necessarily support everyone as much as as maybe you'd get in a small town not many musicians in town yeah, that's sort of thing. music's a, cheap in rochester yeah what you're saying. yeah there's a little more like like um i'm gonna do my thing as a musician you do your thing but we're not gonna you know interact yeah. necessarily which i don't i don't like that i again i think i think there's not music isn't a competition i think everyone is going to do do their music their specific way right even if you're covering a song you're going to do it the way shelby covers the song you know what i mean um, and I think there are going to be people that like what you do, and there's going to be people that like 
what I do, and there's going to be people that hate what I do, and, and vice versa. And it's like we're not competing. I would love to expand my horizons by working with musicians and working with mm-hmm. people that I maybe wouldn't normally too, because then it changes the way I think about how I approach music too. You know, like I feel like yeah. I need to constantly um, be be expanding it. But Rochester, I think, growing up here and playing music might have been a little different. Although New York is super competitive too. If I'm being honest, like sure. it's it's not an easy market to be playing music in. But I think we um, all, I think everybody knows to a certain extent that music isn't supposed to be a competition. However, I think in the culture that we've grown up in, uh, competition is built into our DNA. Yeah. And whether we like it or not, I, I, this is me just speaking personally. Uh, it's to this day, I struggle with this. Like, I know it's not a competition, but I also can't help but compare myself to others. Yeah. In a sense of who's better, who's worse. Uh, even even when it comes, it's like it doesn't even have to be a competition for you to like somebody else's taste, and and like you know, look at your own taste and with this sort of side eye and be like, I, I wish I wasn't myself. Um, <laughs> I wish I had more eclectic taste in music, that sort of thing. Yeah, or like, like I so, can't tell you how many times I've thought, boy, I wish I grew up like learning how to play or I wish I grew up the like, way that yeah, person Yeah, playing grew up classical so piano or something. Do. I think about so that too. So it's been, I, I, every day I remind myself that I don't need to think that way. Thinking that way is only going to get in the way of me being myself and me truly offering to the world something unique. Getting back to what you were saying earlier, that this whole that the whole era of my my jam band era, I was really trying to find my own voice by emulating my heroes. Mm. And at a certain point, I realized I am. I remember my buddy Corey putting this so simply for me one day. He's like, he's like Shelby, dude. We're not fish. <laughs> like fuck, you're you're right, dude. Like we don't, we're never gonna be that. Yeah. And to to try to to ever hold yourself up to any other art or artist is a mistake. Um. So well, what, keep that what's, in mind. what's really funny? So I wa- I watched some interview. I forget who who it was with, and I I think I'm there's gonna be a theme on this this podcast of I I watched an interview. I don't remember who it is because I forget names like it's like it's, uh, but yeah. So no, but here's, here's what they said. They said every time, uh, you know, as a musician, and I'm sure you feel this way too, every time you go to a concert or you see someone performing and you're in the audience and you're looking up on stage, you're like, you're like, oh, I would do this. Like you're kind of in the back of your mind. Oh, I would be doing this if I was on stage. Oh, I could be, I could do it better than what's going on. But he's watching, he was watching a YouTube video of himself from like five years ago. (laughs) And he said the first thing he thought was, I could, I could play that better than that guy. And it was himself <laughs> from like five years ago. <laughs> that was like be the only time it's actually true. Yeah, yeah that's like the perfect, <laughs> the perfect epitome of like what a musician thinks when they're watching other musicians play. It's like, like oh, I want to get up there and I, I could, I could uh, perform a little bit better than, than what's, having up, you know, what's happening up there. And, and same, you know, I feel the same as you. Like it's inevitable you're going to be a little bit competitive because you want ears to, you want people it's, to be listening yeah, to you. Yeah, it's built into the way we think socially socialization is sort of a competition in a way uh vying for attention it's all about attention and we have limited resources i.e time in life and so we have to sort of compete in a way for attention 
this is what freaks me out about social media and stuff. And we're, we're just, people are becoming totally accepting of the idea of trying to vie for somebody's attention by doing the most outlandish yeah. stuff. And it's like, that's fucked up. That, you, 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 that's, that's a dark place to be psychologically. Yeah, and it's not even something where it's a where it's like a talent or something. Like it, it's just like you do anything just to yeah. get people to click on yeah. it or, or what have you. Yeah. Um, Crazy, really. So let me let me ask you this. So, okay, so you had your jam band kind of like phase, and then at some point um, that that changed, right? And I, did you, did, I It was shortly after Corey told me we're not fish. Right. And I, I remember very clearly this one day where I, I really think I wrote my first song, my first real song. And I had probably written, you know, I'd written multiple records worth of electronic music and I'd experimented with many, many different things and done tons of recording at that point already um, and written a lot. But I never was really proud of what I did. It was, they were always like, they were always exercises mm. in, in like, a, like just ideas, never really something I felt deep down and like, like I had to get out. And then I remember this one day, uh, my, my grandparents are from Elmira. And I uh, went down there with my mother and my brother I referenced earlier, TC. And it was a particularly uh, bleak visit. Uh, some of them were usually okay, but uh, this one was particularly bleak. And the drive home um, was kind of sad. It was kind of raining, and my, my brother and mother had both fallen asleep. And I was driving my mom's car, and I was just kind of bored. And I was like, man, I can't wait to get home and just like sit down and play some music and kind of recenter myself after kind of getting getting out of my comfort zone for a while. And um, I went home and I had an upright piano in my loft at the time. And I sat down and three chords just came out. This is actually what I was going to ask you to play earlier, but maybe I'll play this one later. Yeah. Um, Three chords came out, and I heard, I just heard, like, oh, like, that's beautiful. Very, 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 very simple. It's like a one, five, four. Mm. And I just, I just kind of accepted it. And then all of a sudden, I don't remember what came uh, lyric-wise first, but I found myself writing these, these words down. And it was it wasn't like any it wasn't me trying to be clever anymore. It wasn't me trying to uh, sound cool. It was like I have this feeling, and all of a sudden there are words about the feeling, and the feeling was me connecting to the music, those simple chords. I was like they 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 made. I was like I realized in that day I was I had been playing piano for a long time at that point, and, and constantly kind of judging myself always thinking oh you need to be better if i keep thinking you need to be better then you'll get better because i'll keep trying but that day i sat down i'm like you don't need to be better just just chill and i found myself with this feeling and um like this sort of pride almost of how far i had come and Mm -hmm. what i could do uh what i could do without really having to try that hard and that's when these lyrics came and uh like the song is called Golden Lights, um, and I could like I couldn't play it through um, because I kept crying when I'd start <laughs> playing it. It meant it like it just felt so heavy, and it meant so much to me. 
Um, it took me many, many tries of learning how to play it to like get to the end without it, me just yeah. falling apart. And um, and so now at this point, it's like I look I look back at my trajectory and I put a a demarcation point right there, and I was like, that's when I started to find something new, uh, like a real, true, creative voice inside of me, and. It didn't have to be a, a song with like 15 sections and key changes and yeah. a bunch of orchestration. It didn't have to be anything crazy. It just had to be real. And uh, yeah, that was like, you know, probably 2015 or so, 2016. Hmm. Uh, I still tried to quit after that. Um, <laughs> I tried to quit like real life in general. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, I, I tried to, I sold all my gear. Uh, sold my car and started uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail like indefinitely. Yeah. And uh, ended up traveling around the world for like a summer and uh, got jaded, thought I was going to travel forever. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked for me at least. I, I was <laughs> I was pretty fucked up at the time. I was I was pretty much just really depressed. Yeah. And uh, and really angry at the country and the world for my life for, hmm. for, for everybody's life for all the the pain and the suffering happening and and the way money works in this world and the way that like uh, I, won't, I won't go into all that darkness um but we all know it's there so that that song that you said where you like as you struggle to get through it i've written a few songs now where it one I've written songs where I have to learn the song that I just wrote because I can't play it. Like yeah. I can't play it yet. Like the, the, my song, Hey You. I don't know if you ever heard that song, but, but that song, when I first wrote it, I wrote it because I had recorded it like on my iPhone or whatever, like just into the, the thing. And then it took me three weeks to be able to play it again, from that original thing and writing the lyrics and all that stuff. And even to this day, every time we get a new, like if we have a new drummer or we have a new musician, it takes them a while to like get onto that song because it's such a weird rhythm. And I'm not technically very good. Like I don't know scales. I don't know like theory on music. I don't know any of that stuff. It's it's literally just like what I'm, I feel about, you know, what, what I'm playing and the, the lyrics and such. Um, and we talked on the last episode too about like where songs come from. And I'll ask you that question in a minute. Okay. Um, but, uh, but I kind of am interested now that you say that where you sat down and that's the moment where you, uh, I feel like almost you became a songwriter. Yeah. Right. Before, and so, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, and I so agree. now when you approach songwriting, cause obviously in the past you were kind of writing from a technical sense, okay, is this technically good? Is someone else going to like it? And that's what I was saying before, right? Like you're writing for someone else yeah, and now it's yeah. like, oh, this is I'm writing for to get this out of me. And I guarantee that people relate more to that than, I think so. than what you were doing before. I know I relate more to that. Yeah. For sure. So like now when you write a song, how do you approach a new, like if you're going to go write, right? Do you, do you say, I'm going to sit down... I'm going to write a song or is it like this comes from some weird magical place that I don't know where the hell it comes from, but somehow this appeared in my lap all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. You know. um, so this is the question we're trying to get to the bottom of uh, where's the camera for this podcast. So by the end of this, where songs come from 20 years from now when we're on episode 
20,067 will have found it out. Why not 20,069? I like 69. That's good. But 20,069, that's the number, right? Uh, when we get to that episode, <laughs> we'll know. finally figure it out <laughs> where songs come that's, from. That's, that's so a like, good sample yeah. size. <laughs> but, but how do you approach songwriting now? Like, is it something that just comes out? Is it... Um, even before I was a songwriter, I, I believed that, uh, that the creative voice was connected to, like, God, <laughs> to put a simple word on it. Or uh, maybe, shall we say, like, the source energy. Um, in fact, I've done some, there's some books, I've, really interesting books I've read about, like, music, art, creativity, um, and, and connecting these, these, uh, attributes of life to, like, a deeper meaning, uh, to a spirituality, and, and to a, uh, to a, a source being, if you will. Um, I'm not a religious person. Yeah, I didn't take you as like being religious. Me, me either. I went to Catholic school, all that stuff. Oh, I'm like, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I am too. <laughs> no, no, but I learned. I learned. They make you say you're sorry. Uh, don't yeah, you? yeah, they do a lot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Still doing it. <laughs> um, but I feel like I actually got got quite a bit now in my older age. Like I'm like oh, I'm kind of glad that some of the morality stuff that was done back then was good. Um, some of it's you know respect. Yeah, I, but, I yeah I think. Religion's a lot of things but, for a lot of people. But when I say, like, where do songs come from, and, and I say the word God, I mean, like, like where, they, they, it's you, coming uh, from somewhere, and it's not from in here. Maybe it is. Well, here's... But it doesn't I'm feel a, like it's coming from here. It doesn't feel like I'm thinking about it. Right. So this is actually something I was hoping would come up, because ideas in general... Here, here's an idea for you to chomp on. Maybe you've heard this before. Um, I tend to think of like our brains or our mind or even maybe our consciousness or something, it kind of operates like a radio mm. uh, and we pick up on frequencies which are ideas. Um, so like when weird ideas come to your head or even not weird ideas, they come to you because you're like, you're tuned to that frequency in the idea space. I really do believe this. I believe there's like, like a non-corporeal dimension of reality where ideas exist and they seek out uh, carriers to manifest the idea into this reality. Huh. And so like when a song, uh, when you develop yourself as a musician or a songwriter and you tune yourself in and, if, and you, something like an idea or a, a art creative idea comes to you, it's, it's your responsibility at that point as an artist to nurture the idea and to bring it to life. So do you, do you like science at all? Are you into like physics? I like science. Really? I like science. <laughs> do you ever see uh, uh, Nacho Libre? There's a line. I like science. <laughs> um, when he's going to baptize him. Like oh, in, the, in the thing. So, do you but love Jack it's, uh, it, 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 it reminds me of like uh, a physics in a way because... You yeah. know, there's the whole. Everyone knows this. Oh, matter or uh, uh, matter or uh, energy can't be created, destroyed. It just transfers, right? Which basically means it dissipates as time goes on, right? Um, so when you play music, music is just you hit a string. You're you're taking the energy of like let's say your hands into your guitar, it vibrates, and those vibrations go into the air, which is why you're hearing them, right, in your ears, and that vibration can go on 
infinitely. So every time you listen to ACDC <laughs> or whatever, Van Halen or, or Mr. Bungle uh, <laughs> on the radio or whatever, or and, it, and it's yeah, a green day, and it's vibrating, it vibrates forever around the world for all of eternity. It just slows down. Mm. Right? So everything that's ever been said is still being said. In Echoing, some way, essentially. Yeah. It's like an Echo, which was actually the name of one of my first albums that I put out uh, was Echo. Nice. Um, because of that, because it has this like mm. this forever thing to it. Kind of reminds me, uh, not that this is necessarily, it could be sort of tangential, but uh, have you ever heard of the Schumann Resonance? You know what that is? No. Um, I don't know if I know it well enough to really explain it well. Uh, it's basically like supposedly the the frequency of the Earth's vibration Hmm. Um, or the like the something having to do with the wavelength of the earth itself is something like like something around eight hertz is apparently uh resonant with that frequency and um hmm. ah, shit i'm forgetting what the sh- the schumann resonance has to do more with um the way that uh our atmosphere essentially forms like a bubble. You know what? I'm going to have to back out of that. Yeah, one. so it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. But but it's but our limited understanding you and I of of the scientific, you know, uh, method of or, or the scientific vibrations science of of uh physics. Um music is the one kind of art form that plays around with physics. Cuz you like send energy out like like you know it's audio a, which is yeah, waves right yeah. out into the universe or whatever and, and it comes from somewhere um and i'm going to ask you uh, again in a minute where that comes from but but do you tend to approach songwriting from like it just it comes to you and then what happens do you yeah. write do you I write like a little listen, riff on there I do never, you write lyrics i never first? try to make it happen um mm-hmm. i always i always hear a lyric and it makes me think of something else. Oh, you hear it. Uh, I'll hear it. Like, I'll that. listen to a yeah. song, and I'll be like, that's a oh, cool lyric, and then it'll spawn off another idea for me, and, I'll, and that will, I'll write a song off of that, or I'll write lyrics off of that. Mm. Um, but for the, like, that's, that's like the cheapest way for me to get an idea. The best way is just in my own, I'm in my own thoughts, and um, a lyric appears to me. Like, a thought will come out, mm. and I'll be like, that's a nice lyric. And I know um, this is something having to do with uh, the artist's way, which is a book I want to mention. But I'll mention that in a second. Um, I'll know that if I start, if I take that first thing, that first line that I hear as a lyric, and I just start writing off of that line, I'll always find a hmm. song in there. Uh, I, I've always been able to just follow the thread of the idea. And um, whether I like it or not, I think I'm better with words than I am with music. So most of my songs start with lyrics, and then I just put music under them. Uh, to, to it's like an opportunity to just adorn poetry, kind of, yeah. and, and make it a little more interesting. And um, sometimes you, I'll get complicated with the music, but it's usually I usually try to keep it as simple as possible. Have you ever written something and then realized what it is? what it means after the fact? Yeah, a few times I've really scared myself because I'll, I'll like write in a fury, a fervor almost, both. And, um, and I'll get <laughs> to the A fury and a fervor, you say. <laughs> yeah. Both. Um, I get to the end and I won't know what's in there. I'll remember some of the... Sometimes I'll like... I'll write stuff that's weird or that's like 
you know, controversial or, or I, I've, I've, I've written horrible things in lyrics before because I was channeling an idea um, or even stories and stuff. Like I'll write stories and, and just I'll write from someone else's perspective and use language that is totally inappropriate for me to use in today's world. I would never say it out loud. But in the creative space, I don't put that barrier up. Yeah. And I just follow the idea. And so sometimes, yeah, I'll like look back and I'll be like, whoa, this is like, this is like, this is harsh or like uh, judgmental or like, like I feel like this one tune I played uh, that we had in my band, most recent band called The Dead Precedents. Uh, which we're, we're posting videos on YouTube if y'all want to check it out. The Dead Precedents. Spell, just spell it. Uh, Pre- precedents like P-R-E-C-E-D-E-N-T-S. Precedents. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and can you use it in a sentence? Yeah, I'm like, just, I'm just like <laughs> the Supreme Court setting precedents. There you go. I'm that ju- it's, I'm okay, joking. it's I'm joking. okay to take bribes and stay on the fucking stand. It's like a spelling bee when they when they ask you to spell it and then use it in a sentence. So, but so now that you're you're uh doing music with that band, can you call well, it Well, yeah, we we or? we were happening. Oh yeah, I was going to talk about Off Kilter. So we got this tune called Off called Off Kilter. We, ha- we the band broke up. Uh but the guitar player in the group wrote this tune. He wrote a song, wrote a guitar, bassline, drums, and he brought it to me. And uh, I was like, oh, I got to come up with lyrics for this. And I just sort of mulled it over for a while. And um, the song, like, I ended up writing these sort of satirical, like, pop punk lyrics, which were kind of really a jab at Gen Z and, like, a lot of my opinions about some of the culture that's being trumpeted by the younger people. Uh, Evan, the guitar player from the Dead Precedents, he's like 25, I think, or 26 or 24, somewhere in his mid-20s. And so I was kind of like, it was like a subtle jab, a yeah. subtle jab at him and his his generation. Yeah. But but the lyrics were like really awesome. Um, so that was one of those things where I was just like, oh, like I have to, like a lot of really like dense wordplay and like subtle like mm, fuck yous. Yeah. Um, but it all, but it also it's I don't know satire is a whole other topic something that I I don't know what I how I feel about it but like because music and creativity and like I like those things to try to be pure yeah. and when you start roping in satire and irony it's like whoa hang on a second maybe maybe the world's got enough irony in it already um, maybe not well so I think our our era right the nineties and stuff was very much about the rebellion of of like your teenagehood, I guess, or or just the rebellion of of human beings. Like, all right, we're gonna rebel against the norms of of what society's doing. And I think in the last twenty years, twenty five years, that's kind of a little different now. It's almost like, well, we just want to be entertained, or we want to have done rebelling. So I think uh, I I tend to again as I get older. Now I'm forty three now, but I, I look back. And I look at where I'm at now, I'm like, well, maybe I'm, I don't want to be the old man, like, oh, kids these days, you know, making music. Because they're, they're expressing themselves in the way that they're feeling now, right? And who am I to judge what they're growing up in and what they sure. feel and all that sort of yeah. thing. So maybe I'm just overlooking, you know, a, 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 whole, um, a whole part of the rainbow, I guess you can say, of like what, what they're seeing versus what, 
you know, what I grew up in because it was so different in the 90s. Like I said, it was very rebellious, the Nirvana thing. It was almost like punk 2.0, you know, like the 80s were like the Ramones and like CBG, which, which yeah, as a matter of fact, CBGB was fucking cool. Have you ever? No, ever never been. I went to, to Ohio recently and I got to see the awning oh, from CBG. Like I was like, I Ohio. fucking played. I was there. Like, you had to see wow. that, that thing, and now it's in a museum somewhere, like, in Ohio. Oh, it was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah. Oh, I might have yeah, seen like it the there, because I was there a few years ago. Um, but let's do this, because I think the battery's running low on this. Oh. So let's do this, okay? And I think we're coming up on an hour, so to speak. Um, I like to have every songwriter that comes on here, at least now, this may change, what advice would you give to someone that's a young just starting out, maybe not even young. They're just starting out writing music, um, writing songs. Oh, sure. Like what What piece of advice that you learned too late, let's say, that you uh, would give to them? That it's never too late. <laughs> uh, I've restarted like three times. Um, the harpeggi here, this is another new instrument for me. Yeah. Um, part of the reason I started playing this is because I didn't, I knew that I could start playing and not be able to compare myself to other people because hmm. there was nobody out there yeah it's not there's so not everything like... i play it sounds awesome to me because i'm not <laughs> like oh i don't sound like trey or oh i don't sound sure. like stevie wonder um yeah so it's never too late uh whether you're 13 or 33 or 103 like music is there for you um that and take your time yeah, because there's so many people out there trying to be somebody mm. and they don't even know who they are. Yeah. And like that that's bullshit. <laughs> don't be bullshit. Please. <laughs> and a lot of times they want to tell you what you should be doing or, when they I themselves mean, are not. One of the one of the crazy things about the culture today is there's people that make a living telling you how to be like them. That's true. By, by, by telling other people how to make a living. And it's like, how far up your own ass can you stick your head? <laughs> well, tell us how you really feel, Shelby. Dude, I, right. I, I, so, got the, I got the vinegar, man, <laughs> and the salt. Let's do this. Because this is a music podcast, right? Are you ready to do, uh, play? Do you need a minute? Do you want me to speak about? Yeah, I think I, I just got to adjust a couple things. Yeah, let's get you set up. Position. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to the camera here. You go ahead okay. and get yourself set up. If you can... If you can give me a, a little close-up over here. So uh, if you're interested in being on the podcast, we'd love to have you on. If you're a songwriter, you're a musician, you're in the music industry, whatever it is, or if you want to just talk about how music affects you and what have you, hit me up. We'll, we'll talk, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll try and get you on the show if, if, um, you know, if it makes sense. Um, if you're a sponsor and you think what, what you're watching is good and you want to help us uh, continue to do this, uh, we'd love to have you as a sponsor. And, and in October, uh, things are going to change a little bit. We've got some exciting things coming already. This is only episode three, and we're, we're already uh, making moves. But uh, stay tuned for, uh, for what's coming. And, um, you know, for the guests that, that took the chance to be on the show in the last few uh, episodes, I appreciate it. Uh, most of them are my friends. And... Um, yeah, I love you all, and, and, and I'm going to have my band on. Yeah, I'm going to have my band on soon, too. I told them today during, during our four-hour practice that uh, they're going to have to be on. And I told them I want their honest opinion of me in the band, so you might find out a little bit about Patrick uh, that you don't know from my bandmates and what they like and what they don't like about me. But in the meantime here, Shelby, let's, 
What are you going to play here? Uh, yeah, I think I'll play that tune that I mentioned earlier. I had prepared a different one, but uh, uh, this this song is called Golden, Golden Lights. And then, again, just one more time, what's the name of the instrument there that you're playing? This is called a harpeggi. Harpeggi. So yeah. Kind of a cool thing. So whenever you're ready, go okay. for it. Touch me up here. You can't. 
can't touch me now You can't, you can't touch me up What's to come of the future? More of the same. I guess that would be fine by me. How could I complain? A little glimpse of life is all, it's all we'll ever see. Tightly inside yourself and pretend that you feel complete. Can't touch me up here. You can't touch me now. You can't touch me up here now. There's golden lights above me, and I'm never looking down. There's golden lights and they're above me All right. Thank you. Brother, that's an amazing sounding instrument. <laughs> and I think it's just because you're playing it, but that's pretty good. You know, well, if you want, you can play it. You want to check it out? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to play it on camera because oh, yeah, it's going to sound terrible compared after, to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play it afterwards. And and speaking of, we're coming to the ep- end of the episode here. Shelby, brother, Patrick. thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I know it's a long shot. You came on. You're like, what is this guy doing? He's oh, inviting no, me to the basement. Dope. And I, I shook your hand for just a little too long right there, too. Um, <laughs> I but, did. I was wondering about but that. But again, one more time, what's your uh, the SoundCloud and all that stuff? Just, just yeah, I've got get, a, throw it uh, out there. So that. I've got a Instagram called Michael Shelby Music. Um, I've also got uh, a Bandcamp. You can search Michael Shelby on Bandcamp. And... Um, that's pretty. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got all right. for you right and now. And keep an eye out for 
for him. Okay? Keep an eye out. And I want to tell you guys here. Get, get in close. Can you come in close? Listen, you better subscribe, okay? Subscribe. Like it if you're looking at it on YouTube. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this. If you don't like it, I'm going to come out there. I'm going to come out there. I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to find your family. And then I'm going to send letters to each of them. A nice little card that just says, please subscribe and, and like. And, and maybe put a little a comment. Yeah. They only need a reminder. Yeah, just, just real gentle like. Real gentle like. Real gentle like. Shelby. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you for coming out. This has been Come a pleasure. That man. wasn't a threat. That was... A promise? Yeah. It's, it's a promise. <laughs> Subscribe. Um, but if you have someone you want to see on the show, you have musicians that are friend of yours, and you're like, oh, I'd, I'd love it if they were on your show, and you, you interviewed them and got to the bottom of what they were doing, tell them to email us, or you email us, message me, whatever it is. And uh, thank you for coming on and playing that thing. I know it was a little, it was a little bit of a pain in the ass getting oh, this no, we got instrument it going. set up. And no, I appreciate you accommodating it. It's, uh, it's an unorthodox thing. Yeah, and I know. So I appreciate yeah. the flexibility, Patrick. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but, but please subscribe, all that stuff. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you guys for watching. And uh, that's it. Take care.